Welcome back to another impactful night of the Impact of Education Leadership. This is episode 79. I'm your host, ID34, ID Drone III. Tonight's panelists are Delna Bryan and Patricia A. Thompson. Hi, everyone. I hope everything's okay. And hello from New Orleans, Louisiana. And God bless you all. Thank you for coming in. Absolutely. And Delna Bryan, please say hello to the people. Good evening, everyone. How are you this blessed evening? Hello from Dallas. Tonight we're back with part two of the movement, Enough. We are tired. American culture continues to deteriorate while leaving children gasping for hope and stability. It is the mission of adults to actively cultivate respectful, supportive relationships with and among children, parents, guardians, and community leaders within our communities. Community leaders must also continually model and reinforce that these high expectations are achievable. Fight the imbalance of power between the haves and the have-nots. We must treat all people with dignity and respect. You know, as I ponder these notions, I'm reminded of the movers and the shakers who fought against what they saw as an abuse of power by the wealthy during the late 1800s. They they fought, they fought for, for equal rights. They fought for opportunities and they fought for greater personal freedom. This movement, which became as the progressive movement, began at the local and state levels first. And women, powerhouse women, outstanding women, notable women, political women, social women, economically supportive women like Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony, Christian Mott, Jane Adams, Lucy Stone, Matilda Jocelyn Gage, Amy Kelly Foster, and Sojourn the Truth are just a few of the names that helped spearhead this movement, also affectionately known as the Women's Rights Movement. Tonight, we will continue a discussion and hope to promote a movement that we have entitled Enough We Are Tired. First I want to go back to our panelist Bill O'Brien. You know, this was your your vision. I believe this is in your core values. This is what I believe God is using you to transform uh, this culture in America and afar off. And with that being said, please tell the listening audience a little bit about what you're doing before we get started. I, Delna Bryan, am presently teaching pre-AP and AP Spanish at Young Men's Leadership Academy, an all-boys 
School in Pleasant Grove, Texas. My students are diverse, all male but diverse. They come from both cultures, African-American and every Latin American country that you can think of. So therefore, you have to know the student to have that relationship with them, to help them grow into men. Sir? You know, Ms. Brown, when I hear you speak, it reminds me of great people uh, like Soldier the Truth, who, who led the evolution movement as a um, evolutionist. It reminds me of Catherine Beecher, who encouraged women to become teachers in a society that was dominated by, by men. It reminds me of uh, Cara Barton, who founded the Red Cross during the Civil War. It was, it was these women that, that moved despite pain, despite challenges, despite things that would come against them for a greater purpose. It was, it was these women that helped build structures, not only in our education system, on the political stage, but in our communities. And you know, with that being said, my question to you tonight to start this conversation off is, you know, people who don't know you would like to know what you stand for and what purpose are you making such a powerful declaration like enough we are tired? That's my question. About three weeks ago, I heard a hymn on KER NPR radio. Soon and very soon, and when the organist struck the hymn and the mass choir began to sing, I told Sister Thompson, and I told those before, there was an impact on me. It struck my heart. It struck some chord in me. Because I was told that I'm supposed to reach the mothers. I'm supposed to reach the grandmothers. I'm supposed to reach the aunts, the sisters, the godmothers, the sisters-in-law. I'm supposed to reach all these women to listen with their inner ear, to listen with their heart. And I'm also supposed to reach them in two languages. Yo debería comunicarme con las madres, con las abuelas, con las tías, con las primas, con las hermanas, con todas. 
porque en el fondo de su corazón ustedes van a unirse conmigo a ayudar a salvar a sus hijos. We're coming together as one. We're uniting prayerfully. We're uniting in harmony. We're uniting in courage, in wisdom, in prayers to help our children. And then we are supposed to bring in our brothers to help us in the struggle. Yes, enough is enough. We're tired. Basta, ya. We have to educate our children. We have to prepare them for tomorrow. We have to know where we are going as a people. Y en dos idiomas tengo que decirles eso. In two languages, I'm supposed to communicate this to all the women. I'm an immigrant. I came here from Panama. I'm a teacher. So over the years, from the time I came here full time in 1984, I was in New Orleans at St. Augustine High School, an all boys school. And Sister Thompson is being very humble. She's the first lady of the church that I attended Pleasant Zion Missionary Baptist Church, pastored by her husband, the Reverend Dr. Kenneth Thompson in New Orleans. So there's a bond. I was told to communicate with my people and I'm putting women that I know are strong in the faith to help me along the way as we talk to others. Thank you. We thank you. We thank you. You're not only humbled, but we're also privileged to have you again on the panel. You know, when you spoke just now, um, you spoke about social justice. You spoke about social inclusion. And to have both of these platforms, there, it, there's a requirement. And the requirement, I believe, is a collective power. One person cannot do this, but we have to lock arms. We have to join forces in order to sustain something that will be long-term. Because this, is, this will be a long-term movement that we are advocating for. We're advocating for rights. We're ad advocating for social justice. We're advocating for social inclusion. We just want to include other people. We just want other people to respect other people. We just want people to support other people across the board with our children, with our parents, with our community leaders. We just want equality. In a nutshell, 
So I believe this is a perfect, perfect transition to our next, our next panelist. But don't go anywhere, Ms. Brian, because thank you for bringing so much to this podcast. And we're going to come back and ask some more questions. Uh, but with that being said, uh, let me turn the direction to our next guest, Sister Patricia H. Thompson. So, so, so glad to have you here with us this evening. Please tell the listener audience a little bit about what you do in character. Okay. I am Mrs. Patricia H. Thompson. I am a 35-year veteran teacher and what I'm going to speak on tonight is the first one is the principles uh, are we not instilling in our young people today that we are drastically need to be successful in different settings. Okay? Now, um, I not only taught special education students, but I also taught regular ed students. So I'm going to start with, we are failing to teach. Belief, we are failing to teach belief in truth with a capital T. We must teach that there is only one truth. One truth can apply to everyone. Now some young people might listen to the radio or on television or this might come across someone that might tell them something that is not true but there is only one truth with a capital T and one truth can apply to everyone. Toleration. We must we are failing to teach toleration. Acceptance of political differences. And let me say something about that. We must teach our young people about politics, about the different parties within the United States of America. And we must let them know that it is very important that they need to know more about these differences. Because you never know. One day, one of the students might become another Barack Obama. And I would be so happy if that would happen because it could happen. But we must instill those qualities into our students of today. Acceptance of standards of beauty. A question comes to me, who decides what's beautiful? In God's eyes, everything is beautiful because he made everything. Respect for authority. It begins with parental respect, and that seems to be lacking within our young people so many times, and even today, I see and I hear 
how very disrespectful young people are with their parents. They are disrespectful to them by the way that they talk to them. They don't respect them by not doing what they ask them to do. I, I know of a particular young lady, and she's a grown woman, and has one child. To this day, she does not communicate with her mother at all. And all of that stemmed because her mother decided to sell her family home, and her daughter did not want her to do it, and she demanded that she not do it. But of course, you know, the mother was the owner of the home, and she did what she wanted to do. And this young woman went behind her mother's back and talked to the authorities and tried to commit her mother, saying that she was crazy. And the authorities came to the house, and they arrested her. But after she talked to a psychiatrist, it was found out that her mother was not crazy and that her daughter was only trying to manipulate her. And, uh, and I'm still, I still counsel her mother, try to encourage her the way her daughter treats her. The next one is spreads outward in the community. We, the young people, must spread respect throughout the community. I can remember years and years and years ago how when young people came across an elderly person, and they would speak to them in a very nice, calm way, very respectful way. But now, uh, some of these young people would not say anything to you. And then some of them might even talk to you very inappropriate by using profanity for just no reason. And that really upsets me. And if I'm around and if I hear them, I would intervene and I would say, young man or young lady, that's not the right way to talk to anyone uh, in the community. And our young people need to be more active in our community in positive, in positive ways. Uh, they should, if they see someone that's in need, like if an elderly person is trying to cross the street or has, is carrying heavy bags, they should try to assist them. And of, and of course, and I'm going to dwell on this a little later, but hopefully these young people are churched. Now, most of them are not. It's a sad thing to say, but most of them are not churched. They do not know the Lord as their personal Savior, and that makes me sad. But it also gives me an opportunity 
to spread the word of God, to witness to them, to talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and once they accept the Lord as their Savior, they can go out into the community and be bold witnesses for the Lord. This means so much to me. Wow. When you spoke, not only did I hear wisdom, First Lady Tucker, but I also heard legacy. I heard, heard legacy. I heard gems that have been passed down through the ages. And those are gems that we are missing. Those are those building blocks that we are and not only do we need those building bottles that I heard you mention tonight, but we also need the cement, which I believe is love. Because having those building blocks are the materials, but we cannot connect each building block together without the cement. And that cement is relationship through loving and respecting our brothers. And that is the dignity. That is the missing piece. That is, that is the answer. That is the answer for the world. Again, I want to thank you so much for adding to the podcast. Um, let me, while you're there, let me, let me go back to Mrs. Ms. Della Bryant and ask her a question. My question for you uh, would be, why should we continue to make this movement spread throughout the nation? Why should we continue to make this movement spread throughout the nation? We need to have our children believing in themselves. In every walk of life. I'm going to add the word believe. The B in believe stands for better. We, the mothers, the grandmothers, the aunts, the sisters, the adult women in their lives, need to have them better themselves. I look at my students at school. Some of them are walking on their pride. They're walking on their roots. They don't know that they have a purpose. They were created in God's image. They have a purpose to fulfill. They have deep roots to continue to grow this tree that they're supposed to be. So for the word believe, the first thing is to better themselves. I'm asking them to use the E for believe to encourage each other. There's a lot of bullying going on now. Where is it coming from? Yes, bullying has been around for some time. But it's time to put that away. And start celebrating, encouraging 
each other. When someone does something, encourage that person. Give them an encouraging word. The L for believe is to love each other. Our students, our children, somehow are so angry. Love is nowhere in sight. We have to teach them that across this nation. We need to inspire them. As a teacher, we need to inspire, inspire, inspire that they can go on and inspire those younger than themselves. They have younger siblings at home. They have younger cousins at home. They can inspire each other. The E and believe is for educate. We're failing, yes. We're failing to educate them. Some of my middle school students are reading at the second and third grade level. Why? Somewhere we fell down. In this movement, we are going to have to educate all of them. I remember some years ago in the 80s, Marva Collins in Chicago had one of the best prep schools to educate all of our people that we were failing with. The V in Believe is to validate them. They're doing a good job. Let them know they're doing a good job. Praise them. It is not always about something negative. I'm going to educate them. I'm going to validate them. I'm going to tell them when they're doing right. The same way I can correct them, I can validate them. And the E in the word believe is to give them the energy, energize them. Some are going around very slovenly dressed with their hand in sagging pants or with their little hoodies or whatever. This is not the way we dress as people. Let us energize them to do better. As mothers, as godmothers, as grandmothers, as sisters, as aunts, and later on when we bring our male counterparts, our husbands, our different affiliation, our different fraternities, our different churches, we'll get help from the men to get our young men believing and our young women believing in themselves. And this is going to be done with love. This is going to be done because we care. It's going to be done because we know we have a future that is depending 
on us to get it right to help them. Um, I have a very personal story that's very dear to me regarding change and what it looks like and how it feels. During my 35 years of teaching special education students, um, I noticed that there was a serious need of the female students um, in, in my school. And by the way, I taught at the Carter G. Woodson Junior High School back in the 70s. Um, most, of the, most of the students did not act the way that they should, especially the females. Uh, it really disturbed me, for example, uh, I had not just students in my class, but students that I talked to in other classes, on the hallway, in the lunchroom, on the schoolyard. I noticed that they had poor hygiene. They were dressed indecent. Their appearance itself was just horrible to say, and I'm speaking of females, okay? And of course, I could say the thing about, uh, same thing about the males in some instances. Um, the females were, all, were always fighting each other for a senseless reason. And not only were they fighting uh, other females, they were also fighting males, which just really tore me to pieces when I saw that. You know, because when, when I was a, a young girl, I never even thought of fighting, you know, being female or, or male. And so um, I began to pray. I began to pray. And I asked the Lord to, to show me how I can help change these behaviors that, that, were, that was going on within my, my school. And you know what? The Lord gave me a vision, a wonderful vision to change this situation around. And uh, of course, I had to share this vision with my principal and he was so excited to hear the vision and, and uh, just as much as I was. And so this is how this uh, vision began to change things around. I started a club, a girls club, an all girls club, and I called it the hostess club. And the reason why I called it that, because I also saw the need that whenever we had visitors to come to the school uh, for principal meetings or special other meetings for faculty, uh, there was no one at the door to greet them. And so I, that's why I called it the hostess club, so we can, I could use some of the girls to welcome them to our school. And uh, this, this hostess club was open to any young lady, young lady in, within our school. And uh, I told that anyone, I, matter of fact, I went on the, in, um, the intercom and I opened it up to the whole uh, school uh, for females. And so I had... Um, about 10 girls showed up on the day that I, that I started the club. And uh, actually, I didn't think I was going to get 10. <laughs> but the Lord blessed. And 10 of the young uh, ladies came in to my classroom. And they seemed like they were really, really serious about what I had to, 
wanted to tell them about this club and and I was just so so excited to see them. And uh so I told them, you know, what the club was all about, you know, uh the the same reasons that I said before, uh about personal uh developing personal better personal hygiene skills and uh and the importance of being um well educated and of course above all adequate and they listen very carefully and very attentive to me and so and there were some other things on my mind that I wanted to do as the club progressed um so the lord gave me another idea i i decided to write a grant because i knew there was going to be monies involved in what i wanted to do with the young ladies and so i had a girlfriend who worked for a company and she told me that that her company normally give grants money to uh to schools or any uh, other educational project so i was very excited about that so i started writing that grant and we were approved we were we were approved of the grants money so then i decided to um take the young ladies on a cultural enrichment trip and all of that involved traveling out of the city of new orleans most of the the girls and even just the kids in my school period had never stepped out of the city of new orleans louisiana and even not just the city uh, there were places in new orleans louisiana that the kids had never even gone had never visited and it was there you know our our city is a beautiful city and we have so many edu- educational activities that they can uh go to go about looking at so anyway to make a long story short um we i just i planned the trip in the, the springtime of the year that was after testing was all over with and uh during that time actually we went, we stayed there for for 3 days in Atlanta and uh just so happened that the dates that I set happened to be the time that Spelman College was observing a career weekend I see now you see how the Lord worked things out and I didn't know that but I went online and I saw all of that and so my oldest son at that time was a student at Morehouse College and I called him and told him about it and he made all the plans for us to uh attend that um and what what happened was my husband and I we rented a van a 10 passenger van where we traveled with and of course the grant paper hotel and uh and uh some other things that the young ladies needed uh, uh during that time and so as we arrived to uh Spelman College the girls were so excited just to be out in the city of New Orleans and they noticed how beautiful the campus was so someone met us at the gate and we went on and into the the college and where the uh career day was going on and the kids The young ladies attended various workshops and they also had a beautiful tour uh, of the campus. And and you know what this I heard them say on the side, you know, through their conversations, I think I'm going to go to college. 
And I started this early because I, I kind of knew that college wasn't on their minds. And, and even some of them maybe had planned to not even uh, finish high school. But uh, this, this played a very, very important role for them. And they were so excited. And uh, what they really, uh, really loved, they, they, they were even taken to uh, classrooms that were already in session. And they, they act very intelligent and they were just, you know, and they were saying to themselves, so this is what college is like. And so they, they just kept talking and talking and just so excited, you know, about that opportunity. So to make a, uh, a long story short, so when we had our visit at Spelman, we also, while we were in Atlanta, we also were able to attend uh, the World of Coal and uh, <clears throat> also the King Center. Oh, they were very, uh, really, really excited about that because they heard about uh, the King Center, but they uh, they didn't know they didn't even know where it, it, it exists. But they had an opportunity to attend that and to buy souvenirs or whatever and to take pictures. Well, during that time, they allowed them to take pictures of certain things. And so um, then on the next uh, day, we we went over to the mall to give them some fun time to buy souvenirs for their parents or whatever. And of course, Sunday, one of the biggest part of my my experience because I wanted to do this myself. The students, I made sure that in their packing that they had something to wear at the church, something decent. And what I did before we left, I had to go through the suitcases to make sure that they had decent clothes to wear the church. No one was coming to me, going with me, looking like they would come out of the streets. So anyway, everything was there. And we went to the Ebenezer Baptist Church, pastored by the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we just, we were so excited. And they, uh, the pastor at that time, when it was time for the guests to stand up, uh, they acknowledged, they gave us a very, very, very great welcome. They even clapped for the girls, and the girls were just smiling, you know, and I was, smi- and I was really, really smiling myself because I had that opportunity to, to, to visit the church myself. And guess what? They also had a chance to meet Mrs. Coretta Scott King. And the, her security guards allow us to take a, a photo picture with her. So it, it was just a wonderful, a wonderful experience. So on that Sunday, I'm going to end it. I could tell you more of what had gone on. But anyway, we, and we also visit other places, too. We, um, that Sunday morning, we had prayer together. We phoned the circle. We had prayer together. And, uh, of course, my husband uh, gave us uh, a prayer on, on our first return home. And the whole while, after we loaded up on the van, the whole talk, the whole conversation was about this trip. And uh, I had required them to bring uh, journals while they were on this trip. And they had to write journals and turn them into me. And then they were, uh, my principal even allowed them, a few of them, to read the journals over the intercom to the other students. 
So this was a, I give God the glory today. And out of the 10 girls that attended that field trip with me, I had, uh, I had chaperones. I had our school nurse, our, uh, our librarian, and I also had a parent volunteer. But anyway, um, I give God the glory for allowing us to take this trip. It made a, a very important difference in their lives. And they saw how important it was to get an education. And two other years, we went on that trip again. And that same company gave us more grant money where we were able to fly to Atlanta. Again, I give all glory and praise to the Lord. Mine has to do with educating young men to be better than. And I have been fortunate enough to have educated some of them at St. Augustine High School who have gone on to great things. I remember when we were during the Iraq war because we are educating them to go to college we're educating them for the career that they might have. We don't know what we're educating them for. But one just happened to be in Iraq. And this young man took on a daily letter writing to my homeroom class about what he was experiencing in Iraq as a soldier. And my students, my senior class, homeroom, would write daily to him, telling him what senior year was like, what he might have been missing once he had graduated. He had the same experience the year before but had gone on to the army. I had another student who became a lawyer. And once we were reading a book, I called on him and he became the judge for the case that we were reading that story. And he brought little pocketbooks of the Constitution and explained it to them in class. They had their own defense lawyer, their own prosecution lawyer, and he explained the different sides that they would have to argue the case. I have been very fortunate to know that every year when we join hands to pray before walking out for graduation, one of the closing prayers that I always said, here goes, whether it was 280 or 300 young men, 
that we're going out to do greater things in the world. They were not going to be in anybody's prison. And I have been very fortunate to have that to happen with those young men that I taught in New Orleans. And that's what I would like to have happen for my students now in Pleasant Grove, Texas. But in order to do that, I can't do it alone. I need others to help me. Necesito a otras madres, a otras mujeres, a otras tías para ayudarme en este camino que necesitan tomar mis hijos. Necesitamos enderezar ese camino. It's a path that we have to straighten. And I need others united as we come together courageously in wisdom in prayer as women networking to get this done you know what can be said after that but a prayer and I ask First Lady Patricia H. Thompson to please close us out with a prayer. Father God, I come to my Lord thanking you for all the many blessings that thou has given to us. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to see another day, another beautiful day that thou has made. I thank you, my Father, for being our Lord and for being our Savior. Father, I come, Master, lifting up all of the educators, all of the other employees of our school systems, wherever they may be. For Father God, we need you. We need you so much, Lord in this world today, Lord. There are so many situations, so many problems that our young people need, Lord Jesus. We need you to help us, Lord, to instill in them the attributes of being a better student. We come, Lord, even asking us to give us a bold spirit to even witness to our to our students because they need that in their lives they they might not get a chance to hear it out in the street and also with their parents but we're with them so many hours of the day lord and so we ask lord that thou will give us the strength the wisdom and the knowledge that we may able to witness to them and tell them about your love. Tell them about how you died on the cross, on Calvary's cause, that we all might have a right to the tree of life. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We pray, my Heavenly Father, for Dr. Drone, for this talk show, my Father. We thank you for giving him the vision. 
We thank you for Della Bryant, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that thou will continue to strengthen her as she teaches the males in her school. But Father, we know you already realize the situation that she's going through, but strengthen her, Lord. Give her the faith. Help her feel your loving care, Lord, because only you can help her to continue to educate those young men, that they may, can, they may grow to become positive young men. Have mercy, we pray, Lord Jesus. We pray, my Heavenly Father, for the United States of America. There is violence everywhere, Lord, but we know that you are the only one that could handle those different situations, Lord Jesus. We just want to thank you and we give you the glory, Lord Jesus. You're such a wonderful Savior. We can't thank you enough, Lord, for what you have done and what you're going to do in our lives in the future. We ask that thou will bless the homes of those who are listening, we ask that thou will bless the homes of our students, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that thou would bless their parents, Lord Jesus. Help them to be the type of parents that you would have them to be, Lord. If they, if the parents do not know you in the pardon of their sins, Lord, I pray that thou will convict their hearts and minds and help them to realize, Lord, that they cannot raise their children without thee Lord and I pray one day that if they're not saved that they may come to you and give their lives to you Lord Jesus that the family may be able to worship together and to pray together oh Lord we just ask that thou will have mercy upon this situation and Lord we thank you once again we thank you so much Lord Jesus for everything that you have given us. And we want to thank you in advance for what you're going to do for us in the, in the future. We ask thee in all other blessings in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 This was another impactful night and impact education Yusuf. Our panelists tonight were Delta Bryan and First Lady Patricia H. Johnston. Good night.